From Eric Public Media and the Alaska Ice Corporation, this is the podcast Wiki Radio, wherein we read from start to finish without comment or analysis the Wikipedia entries that we find interesting. Today's topic, Alfred Hitchcock's masterpiece, North by Northwest. The original Wikipedia page lives at www.wikipedia.org slash wiki slash north underscore by underscore northwest. Before we start, we want to know what your favorite Wikipedia pages are. Please send suggestions for future episodes to wikiradia at pm.me. This is North by Northwest, Wikiradia episode number 11, date of production July 24th, 2020, and I'm your host, Eric Gorris. Let's get started. North by Northwest. North by Northwest is a 1959 American thriller film directed by Alfred Hitchcock, starring Cary Grant, Eva Marie Saint, and James Mason. The screenplay was by Ernest Lehman, who wanted to write the Hitchcock picture to end all Hitchcock pictures. North by Northwest is a tale of mistaken identity, with an innocent man pursued across the United States by agents of a mysterious organization trying to prevent him from blocking their plan to smuggle out microfilm, which contains government secrets. This is one of several Hitchcock films, which feature a music score by Bernard Herrmann and an opening title sequence by graphic designer Saul Bass, and it is generally cited as the first to feature extended use of kinetic typography in its opening credits. North by Northwest is listed among the canonical Hitchcock films of the 1950s and is often listed among the greatest films of all time. It was selected in 1995 for preservation in the National Film Registry by the United States Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. North by Northwest Information Box North by Northwest, directed by Alfred Hitchcock, produced by Alfred Hitchcock, written by Ernest Lehman, starring Cary Grant, Eva Marie Saint, James Mason, Jesse Royce Landis. Music by Bernard Herman. Cinematography, Robert Burks. Edited by George Tomasini. Color Process, Technicolor. Production company, Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. Distributed by Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. Release date, July 1st, 1959. Running time, 136 minutes, country, United States, language, English. Budget, 4.3 million. Box office, 9.8 million. North by Northwest, plot. In 1958, two thugs in a New York City hotel bar hear a waiter calling the name of George Kaplan, for whom they are looking. When advertising executive Roger Thornhill summons the same waiter, he is mistaken for Kaplan, kidnapped, brought to the Long Island estate of Lester Townsend, and interrogated by spy Philip Van Dam. The spy disregards Thornhill's protestations of innocence and arranges his death in a staged drunken driving accident. Thornhill survives to be arrested for driving under the influence and taken to the Glen Cove police station. Thornhill fails to convince his mother and the police of what happened. Police take him back to Townsend's home, where a woman says he showed up drunk at her dinner party. She also claims that Townsend is a United Nations diplomat. 
Thornhill and his mother go to Kaplan's hotel room. He is not there, so they sneak inside. Thornhill answers the room phone. The thugs are calling from the lobby. He escapes them and visits the UN General Assembly building to meet Townsend, who is not the man he met on Long Island. As they speak, one of the thugs throws a knife and Townsend falls dead. Thornhill grabs the knife, giving the appearance that he was the murderer. A nearby photographer captures this apparent crime. Thornhill flees and attempts to find the real Kaplan. A government intelligence agency realizes that Thornhill has been mistaken for Kaplan, but they decide against rescuing him for fear of compromising their operation. Kaplan is a non-existent agent they created for a plan to thwart Van Damme. Thornhill sneaks onto a train, the 20th Century Limited, to Chicago. On board, he meets Eve Kendall, who hides him from the police, and the two establish a relationship on her part because she is secretly working with Van Damme. Later, she tells Thornhill she has arranged a meeting with Kaplan at an isolated rural bus stop. Thornhill waits there, but rather than Kaplan arriving, Thornhill is attacked by men in a crop duster plane. After trying to hide in the fields, he steps in front of a speeding tank truck. It breaks for him, and the airplane crashes into it, allowing him to escape. Thornhill reaches Kaplan's hotel in Chicago to discover that Kaplan has already checked out and left before the time when Kendall claimed she talked to him on the phone. When Thornhill goes to her room and confronts her, she leaves. He tracks her to an art auction where he finds Van Damme, who is purchasing a Mexican statue. Van Damme leaves his thugs to deal with Thornhill. In order to escape, Thornhill disrupts the auction until police are summoned to remove him. He says he is the fugitive murderer, but they release him to the government's agency's chief, the professor, who reveals that Kaplan was invented to distract Van Damme from the real government agent, Eve Kendall. Thornhill agrees to help maintain her cover. At the Mount Rushmore Visitor Center, Thornhill, now willingly playing the role of Kaplan, negotiates Van Damme's turnover of Kendall for her prosecution as a spy. When Thornhill appears to confront Kendall, she shoots him, seemingly fatally, and flees. In fact, her gun was loaded with blanks. Afterwards, the professor arranges for Thornhill and Kendall to meet. Thornhill discovers Kendall must depart with Van Damme and Leonard on a plane. When Thornhill tries to dissuade her from going, he is knocked unconscious and locked in a hospital room. Thornhill escapes the professor's custody and goes to Van Damme's house to rescue Kendall. At the house, Thornhill overhears that the sculpture holds microfilm and that Leonard has discovered the blanks remaining in Kendall's gun. Van Damme indicates that he will kill Kendall during the flight by throwing her from the plane. Thornhill manages to warn her with a surreptitious note. Van Damme, Leonard, and Kendall depart the house to board the plane. As Van Damme boards the plane, Kendall takes the sculpture and runs to the pursuing Thornhill. They flee to to the top of Mount Rushmore. As they climb down the mountain, they are pursued by Van Damme's thugs, including Leonard, who is fatally shot by a park ranger. Van Damme is taken into custody by the professor. Kendall, meanwhile, is hanging on by her fingertips on the mountain. Thornhill reaches down to pull her up, at which point the scene cuts to him pulling her, now the new Mrs. Thornhill, into the upper berth of a train. The train then enters a tunnel. North by Northwest, cast. Cary Grant as Roger Thornhill. Eva Marie Saint as Eve Kendall. James Mason as Philip Van Damme. Jesse Royce Landis as Clara Thornhill. Leo G. Carroll as The Professor. Josephine Hutchinson as Mrs. Townsend. Philip Ober as Lester Townsend. Martin Landau as Leonard. 
Adam Williams as Valerian, Edward Platt as Victor Larrabee, Les Tremaine as Auctioneer, Philip Coolidge as Dr. Cross, Patrick McVeigh as Sergeant Flam, Edward Binns as Captain Junket, Ken Lynch as Charlie. In the uncredited cast, we have Maud Prickett as Elise the Maid. We have Malcolm Atterbury as Man at the Crossroads, Toll Avery as State Police Detective, John Berardino as Sergeant Emil Klinger, Ned Glass as Ticket Seller, Doreen Lang as Maggie, Roger's secretary, Nora Marlowe as Anna the housekeeper, Ralph Reed as bellboy, Olin Soul as assistant auctioneer, Frank Wilcox as Herman Veitner, Robert Shane as Larry Wade, and Sarah Berner as telephone operator, voice. Hitchcock's cameo appearances are a signature occurrence in most of his films. In North by Northwest, he is seen getting a bus door slammed in his face just as his credit is appearing on the screen. There's been some speculation as to whether he made one of his rare second appearances, this time around the 45-minute mark, in drag as a woman in a turquoise dress on the train. In fact, the woman was played by Jesselyn Fax, who went on to appear in many episodes of Alfred Hitchcock Presents. She had previously appeared in Rear Window. MGM wanted Sid Charisse for the role of Eve Kendall. Hitchcock stood by his choice of Eva Marie Saint. North by Northwest Production John Russell Taylor's biography, Hitch, The Life and Times of Alfred Hitchcock, 1978, suggests that the story originated after a spell of writer's block during the scripting of another film project. He writes, Alfred Hitchcock had agreed to do a film for MGM, and they had chosen an adaptation of the novel The Wreck of the Mary Deer by Hammond Innes. Composer Bernard Herrmann had recommended that Hitchcock work with his friend Ernest Lehman. After a couple of weeks, Lehman offered to quit, saying that he didn't know what to do with the story. Hitchcock told him that they got along great together and they would just write something else. Lehman said that he wanted to make the ultimate Hitchcock film. Hitchcock thought for a moment, then he said he had always wanted to do a chase across Mount Rushmore. Lehman and Hitchcock spitballed a few more ideas. A murder at the United United Nations headquarters, a murder at a car plant in Detroit, a final showdown in Alaska. Eventually, they settled on the UN murder for the opening and the chase across Mount Rushmore for the climax. For the central idea, Hitchcock remembered something an American journalist had told him about spies creating a fake agent as a decoy. Perhaps their hero could be mistaken for this fictitious agent and end up on the run. They bought the idea from the journalist for $10,000. Lehman repeated this story in the documentary Destination Hitchcock, The Making of North by Northwest, that accompanied the 2001 DVD release of the film. Screenwriter William Goldman insists in Which Lie Did I Tell, 2000, that it was Lehman who created North by Northwest and that many of Hitchcock's ideas were not used. Hitchcock had the idea of the hero being stranded in the middle of nowhere, but suggested that the villains try to kill him with a tornado. Lehman responded, but they're trying to kill him. How can they work up a cyclone? Then, as he told an interviewer, I just can't tell you who said what to whom, but somewhere during that afternoon, the cyclone in the sky became the crop duster plane. In fact, Hitchcock had been working on the story for nearly nine years prior to meeting Lehman. Otis Gersney was the American journalist who had the idea which influenced Hitchcock, inspired by a true story during World War II when British intelligence obtained a dead body, invented a fictitious officer who was carrying secret papers, and arranged for the body and misleading papers to be discovered by the Germans as a disinformation scheme called Operation Mincemeat.
Guernsey turned his idea into a story about an American salesman who travels to the Middle East and is mistaken for a fictitious agent becoming saddled with a romantic and dangerous identity. Guernsey admitted that his treatment was full of corn and lacking logic, and he urged Hitchcock to do what he liked with the story. Hitchcock bought the 60 pages for $10,000. Hitchcock often told journalists of an idea that he had about Cary Grant hiding from the villains inside Abraham Lincoln's nose and being given away when he sneezes. He speculated that the film could be called The Man in Lincoln's Nose. Lehman's version is that it was The Man on Lincoln's Nose, or even The Man Who Sneezed in Lincoln's Nose. Hitchcock sat on the idea, waiting for the right screenwriter to develop it. The original traveling salesman character had been suited to James Stewart, but Lehman changed it to a Madison Avenue advertising executive, a position which he had formerly held. In an interview in the book Screenwriters on Screenwriting, 1995, Lehman stated that he had already written much of the screenplay before coming up with critical elements of the climax. Production costs on North by Northwest were seriously escalated when a delay in filming put Cary Grant into the penalty phase of his contract, resulting in an additional $5,000 per day in fees for him before shooting even began. This was the only Hitchcock film released by Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. Since 1986, it has been owned by Turner Entertainment as part of the pre-1986 MGM Film Library that it acquired through temporary ownership of MGM. North by Northwest Filming At Hitchcock's insistence, the film was made in Paramount's VistaVision widescreen process. Only two VistaVision films were ever made at MGM, the other being High Society. The aircraft flying in the aerial chase scene is a naval aircraft factory N3N Canary, better known as the Yellow Peril, a World War II Navy primary trainer sometimes converted for crop dusting. The aircraft that hits the truck and explodes is a wartime Stearman Boeing Model 75 trainer, and many of these were also used for agricultural purposes throughout the 1970s. The plane was piloted by Bob Coe, a crop duster, duster from Waco, California. Hitchcock placed replicas of square Indiana highway signs in the scene. The British film magazine Empire ranked the crop duster scene as the greatest movie moment of all time in its August 2009 issue. Among the locations used in the film are 430 Park Avenue. This is the building used by Saul Bass during the opening credits. The building was constructed in 1916 as a luxury apartment tower called the Avenue Apartments and was designed by the firm Warren & Wetmore. In 1953, the building was stripped of its facade and given a new glass curtain wall designed by Emery Roth & Sons in the style of Lever House and it was converted to offices. Bass's title sequence is based on the geometric structure of the international style. The Commercial Investment Trust Building, 650 Madison Avenue. This is the location of Roger Thornhill's office and the building he walks out of in his first appearance in the film. The CIT building was designed by the firm Harrison and Abramovitz and constructed in 1957. The Plaza Hotel, 768 Fifth Avenue, New York. After taking a cab with his secretary, Thornhill has a drink in the Oak Room of the Plaza Hotel. It is here that he is kidnapped by Van Damme's henchmen. Thornhill later returns to the Plaza, where he breaks into George Kaplan's room. Old Westbury Gardens, 71 Old Westbury Road, Old Westbury. 
Thornhill's kidnappers drive him to Van Damme's estate on Long Island. After questioning Thornhill, Van Damme instructs Leonard and his other henchmen to intoxicate Thornhill by force. The United Nations Headquarters Following Thornhill's escape from Van Damme's henchmen at the plaza, he takes a taxi to the United Nations Headquarters to meet Lesser Townsend. The UN Headquarters building were also designed by Harrison and Abramovitz, the architects of Thornhill's office. The scene of Cary Grant going to the United Nations in New York was filmed illicitly because UN authorities denied permission to film on or near its property after reviewing the script. After two failed attempts to get the required shots, Hitchcock had Grant pull up in a taxi cab right outside the General Assembly building while a hidden camera crew filmed him exiting the vehicle and walking across the plaza. Grand Central Terminal, 89 East 42nd Street, New York. Following the murder of Townsend at the United Nations, Thornhill rushes to Grand Central Terminal where he sneaks onto the 20th Century Limited en route to Chicago. LaSalle Street Station, 414 South LaSalle Street, Chicago. Thornhill and Eve Kendall arrive in Chicago at the LaSalle Street Station. At the station, Kendall gives Thornhill the instructions for his meeting with Kaplan. Prairie Stop The famous crop duster scene, which in the film takes place in rural Indiana, was actually filmed on a highway in central California near the town of Waysco. Hitchcock added square signs to the location to replicate those found in Indiana. The Ambassador East Hotel Thornhill returns to Chicago in a stolen truck that he parks outside the Ambassador East Hotel. The hotel opened in 1926, and today it continues to be operated as a hotel under the name The Ambassador. Chicago Midway Airport Following Thornhill's arrest at the auction, he and the professor traveled to Midway Airport where they board a flight for Rapid City, South Dakota. The terminal seen in the film was built in 1945 to 1946 and was designed by architect Paul Gerhardt Sr. The terminal building was demolished in 2002. The Memorial View Building, Mount Rushmore. The spurious murder of Roger Thornhill takes place in the Buffalo Room of the Memorial View Building at Mount Rushmore. This building was constructed in 1957 as part of a National Park Service's Mission 66 program and was designed jointly by NPS architect Cecil Doty and local architect Harold Spitznagel. The building was demolished in 1994. The Philip Van Dam House Van Dam's house, set on a cliff atop Mount Rushmore, was not a real structure. Hitchcock asked the set designers to make the house in the style of Frank Lloyd Wright, the most popular architect in America at the time, using the materials, form, and interiors associated with him. Set designer Robert F. Boyle planned the house, which featured a cantilevered living room and made extensive use of limestone. Exterior shots were done using matte paintings, while interior shots were filmed using a set built in Culver City, California, where MGM Studios were located. North by Northwest Costuming a panel of fashion experts convened by GQ in 2006 said the gray suit worn by Cary Grant throughout almost the entire film was the best suit in film history and the most influential on men's style, stating that it had since been copied for Tom Cruise's character in Collateral and Ben Affleck's character in Paycheck. 
This sentiment has been echoed by writer Todd McEwen, who called it gorgeous and wrote a short story, Cary Grant's Suit, which recounts the film's plot from the viewpoint of the suit. There is some disagreement as to who tailored the suit. According to Vanity Fair magazine, it was Norton & Sons of London, although according to The Independent, it was Quintino of Beverly Hills. Eva Marie Saint's wardrobe for the film was originally entirely chosen by MGM. Hitchcock disliked MGM selections, and the actress and director went to Bergdorf Goodman in New York to select what she would wear. North by Northwest Editing and Post-Production In Francois Truffaut's book-length interview, Hitchcock Truffaut, 1967, Hitchcock said that MGM wanted North by Northwest cut by 15 minutes so the film's length would run under two hours. Hitchcock had his agent check his contract, learned that he had absolute control over the final cut, and refused. One of Eva Marie Saint's lines in the dining car seduction scene was redubbed. She originally said, I never make love on an empty stomach, but it was changed in post-production to... I never discuss love on an empty stomach, as the censors considered the original version too risque. North by Northwest, Release and Home Media. The film opened on July 1st, 1959, at the United Artists Theater in Chicago, grossing $46,000 in its first week and $35,000 in the second week. It had a two-week run at Radio City Music Hall, and the film had a successful gross of $404,000 for that period. One trailer for North by Northwest features Hitchcock presenting himself as the owner of Alfred Hitchcock Travel Agency, and telling the viewer he has made a motion picture to advertise these wonderful vacation stops. North by Northwest was released on Blu-ray disc format in the United States on November 3, 2009 by Warner Brothers with a 1080p VC1 encoding. This release is a special 50th anniversary edition restored and remastered from the original VistaVision elements. A DVD edition was also released. North by Northwest, Reception, Box Office, and Critical. During its two-week run at Radio City Music Hall, the film grossed $404,000, setting a record in that theater's non-holiday gross. According to MGM Records, the film earned $5,740,000 in the United States and Canada and $4.1 million elsewhere, resulting in a profit of $837,000. North by Northwest currently holds a 99% approval rating on the review aggregator Rotten Tomatoes based on 75 reviews with an average rating of 9.05 out of 10. The site states the critical consensus as gripping, suspenseful, and visually iconic. This late period Hitchcock classic laid the groundwork for countless action thrillers to follow. This film ranks at number 98 in Empire Magazine's list of 500 greatest films of all time. The Writers Guild of America ranked the screenplay number 21 on its list of 101 greatest screenplays ever written. It is ranked 40th greatest American film by the American Film Institute. Time Magazine called the film smoothly troweled and thoroughly entertaining. 
A.H. Wheeler of the New York Times made it a critic's pick and said that it was the year's most scenic, intriguing, and merriest chase. Wheeler com- complimented the two leads. Cary, as such, he reads, Cary Grant, a veteran member of the Hitchcock Acting Varsity, was never more at home than in this role of the advertising man on the lamb. He handles the grimaces, the surprised look, the quick smile, and all the daring do with the professional aplomb and grace. In casting Eva Marie Saint as his romantic vis-a-vis, Mr. Hitchcock has plumbed some talents not shown by the actress heretofore. Although she is seemingly a hard designing type, she also emerges both the sweet heroine and glamorous charmer. Film critic Charles Champlin saw the film as, quote, an anthology of typical Hitchcockian situations and was particularly taken by the scene and suspense in which Grant's character avoids death when attacked by a crop dusting plane in the cornfields, which he believed was representative of Hitchcock's finest work. The London edition of Time Out magazine, reviewing the film nearly a half century after its initial release, commented, As such, 50 years on, you could say that Hitchcock's sleek, wry, paranoid thriller caught the zeitgeist perfectly. Cold War shadiness, secret agents of power, urbane modernism, the ant-like bustle of city life, and a hint of dread behind the sharp suits of affluence. Cary Grant's Roger Thornhill, the film's sharply dressed ad executive, who is sucked into a vortex of mistaken identity, certainly wouldn't be out of place in Mad Men. But there's nothing dated about this perfect storm of talent from Hitchcock and Grant to writer Ernest Lehman, co-stars James Mason and Eva Marie Saint, composer Bernard Herrmann, and even designer Saul Bass, whose opening credit sequence still manages to send a shiver down the spine. A 60-year remembrance for National Review noted that in North by Northwest, Hitchcock, quote, pulled off a rare feat, seamlessly weaving together those genres we all love, that is, comedy, action suspense, and romance, and said that the genre mixing helped create arguably the purest, most beautiful work of escapism ever to hit the silver screen. Author and journalist Nick Clooney praised Lehman's original story and sophisticated dialogue, calling the film certainly Alfred Hitchcock's most stylish thriller, if not his best. North by Northwest was nominated for three Academy Awards for Best Film Editing, Best Art Direction, and Best Original Screenplay at the 32nd Academy Awards Ceremony. Two of the three awards went instead to Ben-Hur and the other went to Pillow Talk. The film also won a 1960 Edgar Award for Best Motion Picture Screenplay for Lehman. Hitchcock received his second Silver Shell for Best Director Award at the San Sebastian International Film Festival. In 1995, North by Northwest was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry by the United States Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. In June 2008, the American Film Institute revealed its 10 Top 10, the best 10 films in 10 classic America film genres. After polling 1,500 people from the creative community, North by Northwest was acknowledged as the seventh best film in the mystery genre. It was also listed as number 40 in AFI's 100 Years 100 Movies, number 4 in AFI's 100 Years 100 Thrills, and number 55 in AFI's 100 Years 100 Movies.
North by Northwest, Schemes, Schematics, and Blueprints on File. Hitchcock planned the film as a change of pace after his dark romantic thriller Vertigo a year earlier. In his book-length interview, Hitchcock Truffaut, 1967, with Francois Truffaut, Hitchcock said that he wanted to do something fun, lighthearted, and generally free of the symbolism permeating his other movies. Writer Ernest Lehman also has mocked those who look for symbolism in the film. Despite its popular appeal, the film is considered to be a masterpiece for its themes of deception, mistaken identity, and moral relativism in the Cold War era. The title, North by Northwest, is a subject of debate. Many have seen it as having having been taken from the line, I am but mad, North-Northwest, when the wind is southerly, I know a hawk from a handsaw, in Hamlet, a work also concerned with the shifty nature of reality. Hitchcock noted in an interview with Peter Bogdanovich in 1963, it's a fantasy. The whole film is epitomized in the title. There is no such thing as North by Northwest on the compass. Lehman states that he used a working title for the film of In a Northwesterly Direction because the film's action was to begin in New York and climax in Alaska. Then the head of story department at MGM suggested North by Northwest, but this was still to be a working title. Other titles were considered, including The Man on Lincoln's Nose, but North by Northwest was kept because, according to Lehman, we never did find a better name. The Northwest Airlines reference in the film plays on the title. The film's plot involves a MacGuffin, a term popularized by Hitchcock, a physical object that everyone in the film is chasing, but which has no deep relationship to the plot. Late in North by Northwest, it emerges that the spies are attempting to smuggle microfilm containing government secrets out of the country. They have been trying to kill Thornhill, whom they believe to be the agent on their trail, George Kaplan. North by Northwest has been referred to as the first James Bond film due to its similarities with splashingly colorful settings, secret agents, and an elegant, daring, wisecracking leading man opposite a sinister yet strangely charming villain. The crop duster scene inspired the helicopter chase in the film From Russia with Love. The film's final shot, that of the train speeding into a tunnel during a romantic embrace on board, is a famous bit of self-conscious Freudian symbolism reflecting Hitchcock's mischievous sense of humor. In the book Hitchcock Truffaut, pages 107-108, Hitchcock called it a phallic symbol, probably one of the most impudent shots I ever made. North by Northwest, Influences and Adaptations. The film's title is reported to have been the influence for the name of the popular annual live music festival, South by Southwest, in Austin, Texas. Started in 1987 with the same idea coming from Lewis Black, editor and co-founder of the local alternative weekly, The Austin Chronicle, as a play on the Hitchcockian film title. The third episode of the Doctor Who serial, The Deadly Assassin, includes an homage to North by Northwest when the Doctor, who like Hitchcock's hero is falsely accused of a politically motivated murder, is attacked by gunfire from a biplane piloted by one of his enemy's henchmen. North by Northwest was adapted as a stage play by Carolyn Burns. The adaptation premiered at the Melbourne Theatre Company in 2015. (laughs) 
That's it for today's episode of Wikiredia. Look, before you go, be sure to hit subscribe, follow us on Twitter at It's Wikiredia, and tell your friends. What do you want to listen to? Send topic ideas to our email, which is wikiredia at pm.me. Our producer and narrator, that's me, is Eric Gorris. Our engineer is OJ Tingles, and our content editor is Johnny Rocketship. We ask you to support this show by following and sharing, but more importantly, just listening. We also ask that you do your part to support Wikipedia itself by considering a donation to the Wikipedia Foundation. That can be done at wikipedia.org. All, or at least the vast majority, of the words spoken on this show are from the text of Wikipedia entries, and we're using those words under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license, which grants us, and in fact anyone, the right to adapt the original work remix it, and then to distribute and transmit the work even for commercial purposes. This license requires that we name the author of the original work, which in this case is Wikipedia. Wikiredia itself is also distributed under the same Creative Commons attribution, Sharealike 3.0 license. Wikiredia is a production of Eric Public Media and the Alaska Ice Corporation. <laughs>